Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pour Over Scripture podcast. My name is John. On today's episode, we're talking about Mars, fish, and Christians saying curse words. So grab your Bible, grab your coffee, and let's do it. Today's pour is from Printer's Row Coffee Company. Printer's Row is located in the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago. Listen, y'all, they are literally three blocks from where Aaron and I used to live, and I never knew about them until after we moved. Sad day, but I'm glad I know about them now. Today, I'm enjoying their Ethiopian blend, which apparently has notes of blueberry, pomegranate, molasses, and I think nutmeg. I'll be totally honest. I really just taste coffee. I'm still learning to refine my tasting palate, if you will. But Printer's Row Coffee, pretty dang good. Today's reading comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. So I want to continue in this conversation on the genre of scripture, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse. I don't want to go on this for too long. I just think that it's so, 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 so important that we get this right. And I'll start with an example of why I think this is so important. Aaron and I are huge movie people. We love watching movies together. Specifically, we love watching all of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars each year. And in 2015, a movie called The Martian was nominated for Best Picture. The Martian is a sci-fi film based on the book of the same name by Andy Weir. Uh, The movie, it stars Matt Damon. It's directed by Ridley Scott. And when Aaron and I went to see The Martian for the first time, We really did not like it. We thought it was oversimplified. We thought it was slightly cheesy. We didn't feel like the movie was really about anything. There weren't any performances that we necessarily considered to be Oscar-worthy. We just did not like the film. I sit here now, five years later, as a huge fan of The Martian. A few years later, I went back and I rewatched the film... And I realized that The Martian is not an Oscar movie in the traditional sense. 
It's not a gritty drama or an epic biopic or an emotional period piece or a revealing character study. The Martian is a summer blockbuster. It's a fun, humorous, exciting, rewatchable summer flick. The problem for us was that in 2015, The Martian was nominated alongside deeply emotional movies like Spotlight or or Room. It was nominated alongside these high art films like Mad Max Fury Road and The Revenant. And so when we first walked in to see The Martian for the first time, we had an expectation that it was going to be like one of those films, which it isn't. We were holding it up to that standard. We were putting it in the wrong category. But it doesn't mean that The Martian is a bad movie. And again, we've talked about this. But in the American Western church specifically, we often perpetuate certain expectations of what the Bible is. And I want to discuss one of them specifically today. It's this idea or this narrative that the Bible is a rule book for Christians. Maybe you know this narrative all too well. Maybe you have sat in church and heard a pastor say something to the effect of, as a Christian, you just need to do what the Bible says. Or or maybe you grew up in a youth group where the leader held a Bible up and said, all the answers are in here. If you need to know what the right thing to do is, just open the Bible. Of course, if you've ever actually tried to do this, if you've ever come to an impasse and played Bible roulette and then opened to a page, you found that in practice, this doesn't really work. I used to do a series on my YouTube channel, uh, shout out my YouTube channel, uh, called Can a Christian? Shout out Can a Christian? And the idea of this series was I took popular and, I'll be honest, sometimes hot-button questions among Christians, and I sought to discuss them uh, from a biblical perspective. And I tackled questions like, can a Christian swear? Or can a Christian listen to secular music? Or watch R-rated movies? But if you ever actually watched one of those videos, you know that I rarely ever arrived at a definitive yes or no answer. The secret is, that wasn't really what that series was about. And that's because the reality is, the Bible really doesn't give clear rules on the vast majority of questions that we could bring to it. Just think about the few of those examples that I just brought up from the Can a Christian series. If you come to the Bible with the question, can a Christian swear, or can a Christian use curse words? Sure, You could quote a verse from Ephesians about unwholesome talk, but even that is really not a clear-cut rule. The words unwholesome talk, that's up for interpretation. There are certain words that I might consider unwholesome talk. There are four-letter words that are curse words that are, quote, dirty words here in America that are not over across the pond with our friends in the UK. Shout out to our friends in the UK. And vice versa. There's words that are absolute dirty swear words over in the UK that, one, we don't even use in the US, and if we did, they wouldn't offend anybody. And so even that idea of unwholesome talk, it's up for interpretation. The Bible doesn't include a definitive list of, quote, dirty words. The Bible wasn't even originally written in our language. Or on the subject of movies and TV. 
you can't really go to the Bible for answers on what TV shows you can or can't or should or shouldn't watch. And again, trust me, I've heard it in the YouTube comments of those videos. You can quote whatever verses you like. And those verses, by the way, I'm not trying to minimize them. They might even provide helpful guidance in that conversation. But I guarantee you that you cannot find a verse that gives you a rule for how to engage with movies. Because, drumroll, the technology didn't exist for those original authors. The the technology wasn't even, like movies weren't even something that occupied their headspace. Even in their wildest dreams, they never could have imagined that kind of technology. And so, of course, we're not going to find any rules on that in the Bible. Again, there are so many questions that we might have in our lives. There's so many decisions that we might come to that the Bible just doesn't give a clear-cut rule for. And then there's the opposite problem. There are verses in the Bible that appear to be, quote, rules that none of us in the modern day would ever follow. There's rules about animal sacrifices and slavery and women's menstrual cycles. Many of these rules, they're impossible to follow in our day. If you were to follow them, you would be considered to be extremely outdated. You would be considered to be inhumane if you followed many of the rules that appear in the Bible. And so again, if we come to the Bible expecting it to be a rule book, like many of us have either explicitly or implicitly been taught, If we come to the Bible expecting it to be a rule book, we'll discover that it's a pretty bad one. The Bible is not a good modern day rule book. But again, that doesn't mean that the Bible is a bad book, just like The Martian is not a bad movie. We just often come to it in the American church with the wrong expectations. Peter Enns describes this really well in his book, How the Bible Actually Works. I highly recommend the book. It is definitely a book of biblical deconstruction. Um, I read it at a time when I still held very, very tightly to a traditional Western American evangelical understanding of the Bible, and this book rocked me a bit. I just want to warn you before you dive in, but I I highly recommend it. Uh, And in this book, towards the beginning, he says this, and he describes it so well. When we come to the Bible, expecting it to be an instruction manual intended by God to give us unwavering, cement-hard certainty about our faith, we are actually creating problems for ourselves. Because, as I've come to see, the Bible wasn't designed to meet that expectation, In other words, this is still ends, the, quote, problems we encounter when reading the Bible are really problems that we create for ourselves when we harbor the misguided expectation that the Bible is designed primarily to provide clear answers. I love that so much. This idea that that oftentimes it's not necessarily that the Bible has all of these problems, It's that we, because of our misunderstanding of what the Bible is, we create problems for ourselves in the reading. And as we've also talked about previously on this podcast, our interpretation and wrongful interpretation of the Bible creates problems and harm for others as well. So it's vital that we be very careful. 
And so if the Bible is not a rule book, then what is it? What is the purpose of the Bible? Well, according to Enns, and this is really what his whole book is about, he says that the purpose of the Bible is to, quote, shepherd us toward wisdom, kicking and screaming if need be. The Bible is a wisdom book. It is a text filled with wisdom that is meant to transfer its wisdom to its readers. And as we talked about last week, by transferring that wisdom, transform us from the inside out. But of course, when we say the word wisdom, what do we mean? It's very important that we define that. Well, to start, like we just read in our passage at the top of this episode from Proverbs 4, wisdom is often synonymous in the Bible with knowledge or understanding or insight. I'll read again from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. She will watch over you. Wisdom is often synonymous with things like knowledge or understanding. And the Hebrew word often used for wisdom in the scriptures is the word chokmah, chokmah. And chokmah speaks to this invisible force in the universe that guides and leads us to just, right, and good living and decisions. The book of Proverbs specifically depicts chokmah as a woman. We just read it. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words and do not turn away from them. Do not forget wisdom and she... Chokmah, she will protect you. Love her, love wisdom, love Chokmah, and she will watch over you. So specifically in the book of Proverbs, Chokmah is depicted as this wise, guiding woman. But Chokmah, wisdom, is present all throughout Scripture. Chokmah is what you use or what guides you to develop and to build a good life. It's what you use. It's what guides you to make wise decisions. It's what you use. It's what guides you in saying the right, most loving thing in a conversation. And so let's use an old metaphor to explain the difference between the Bible as a rule book versus the Bible as wisdom literature. Perhaps you've heard the old saying, give a man a fish and feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Ironically enough, this phrase is actually a Chinese proverb, but the idea here is that, in our context, is that treating the Bible like a rule book is the give the man a fish approach. You treat the Bible like a vending machine when you treat it like a rule book, or a GPS, or a step-by-step instruction manual, which, as we already discussed, The Bible's not very good at doing that. Anytime you have a question or anytime you have a problem, you think, well, the Bible has the clear-cut answer, and then you search, and likely you won't necessarily find it. That's reading the Bible as a rule book. It's give a man a fish, and maybe every now and then we might find the answer. Reading the Bible for wisdom, that's teaching a man to fish. Or more specifically, that's learning how to fish for yourself. Our reading of the Bible, it's meant to teach us 
to craft chokmah, to, to, to receive chokmah through the words of Scripture and through God's Holy Spirit, to, to receive everything that we need in order to live wisely, so that when we come to decisions, we're not there to look for a rule, but rather we can pull from our knowledge, we can pull from our insight of Scripture in order to find the wise thing to do. Again, reading the Bible like a rule book essentially means you're likely looking at the Bible to tell you what to do. And sorry, oftentimes the Bible will not definitively tell you what to do. Whereas reading the Bible like it's wisdom literature, then you're asking the Bible to teach you how to live. You see the difference? Not necessarily looking at the Bible saying, tell me what to do, but rather opening the words of Scripture and saying, Holy Spirit, teach me how to live. This is much closer to what the Bible is actually trying to do. And so when we say the Bible is not a rule book, what we mean is the Bible is not just a list of things that you should or must do as a Christian. The Bible, rather, is a text that teaches and guides us on how to think, how to speak, how to act, how to live wisely. It is a guide, not a step-by-step guide, but a guide to building the kind of life that honors and loves God and honors and loves others. Thank you all for listening again to this episode of the Pour Over Scripture podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please consider leaving a review. Rate it five stars. Leave a short review. That helps more and more people find this show. People like Bethany. In her review, Bethany said, I have always loved listening to John talk about spiritual concepts. The first episode to this new podcast is definitely a must listen. I love the incorporation of coffee talk and, of course, the discussion on how the Bible has helped and hurt our society. Thank you for continuing your work. Bethany, thank you for your kind words. They really do mean a lot to me. If you want to hear your words spoken right here on the Pour Over Scripture podcast, just head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a short little review. It would truly make my day. Again, thank you all for listening. I will see you next time right here on the Pour Over Scripture podcast. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody.